introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. All right, and welcome back to the One A Day Draft series. My name is Jason Brown. I will be your host, and as has been the custom thus far anyway, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, QB1, hardest working man on draft Twitter, JR. How you doing? How you been? I'm good, man. I feel like if we don't talk about offensive line first, the Vikings Twitter is going to go crazy on us. Well, you know, we got to give the people what they want. So, uh, you know, we started this thing off with uh, interior offensive line. We're going to continue this thing moving along with uh, the most important position on the offensive line, the uh, the offensive tackles. So people are a little bit back and forth on this one as we speak kind of to the Vikings on, uh, you know, whether they should go this way. But we're going to go and give your favorites, not necessarily just for the Vikings, across the board, any team, scheme agnostic, team agnostic. We just want to hear about the players you like the most on day one, day two, and day three of the draft. So uh, before we really jump all the way into this thing, offensive line, when you're talking about it, you gave us a little bit about what you look at when you're scouting interior offensive linemen. What are you looking at when you're scouting the offensive tackles? Yeah, so this is a little bit different. And once again, you have to understand scheme. But I think with offensive tackle, you really have to focus in on footwork and technique because those are the biggest things that you want to see with those guys because if they do not have those two, they're going to frequently be beaten or cornered around the edge. But there's plenty of guys that show really good technique in this class, and there's some that really do struggle uh, with the technique department because they just don't have really good hand usage right now. But luckily, that's something that can be taught to them which makes a lot of prospects in this draft very intriguing i think overall this tackle class is a bit top heavy but as you get into day two and day three there are some developmental guys that coaches will like all right well let's get right down to it then day one who's your absolute favorite or who are your favorites if you can get us through them quickly yeah so i mean the top three guys are pretty much the consensus right now jonah williams he's my fifth overall player and i mean if he's a guard or a tackle it really doesn't matter to me. I think he's going to be a fantastic pro. I think he can hold up at tackle just because I think he's athletic enough and he shows flawless technique. In my opinion, it was near perfect when I was grading him. Now, he does struggle with length from time to time, and everyone likes to bring up the Cleveland Farrell rep against Clemson and then against DeAndre Walker in the 2018 National Championship. He did struggle a bit with him, so he's going to have his spurts where he does struggle with length. But, I mean, he's a 42-game starter at Alabama and outside of those other two games he went 40 games where he just didn't really struggle at all so I mean all you have to do he's one of those guys you just have to trust the tape with and he didn't test overly well but I think he's going to be a really good pro whether he's a guard or a tackle but me personally I think he can be a left or a right tackle he does have experience at both he started off at right tackle his first year at Alabama but after Cam Robinson left and got drafted by the Jaguars he transitioned to the left side so I think he can hold up on either side just because he has experience at both. Um, after that, you have Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida. He's my 13th overall player on my big board. And it's just it was fabulous really seeing his one year transition after he played on the left side in 28 or 2017 and then transitioning to the right side in 23rd last year. So he he showed tremendous improvement. He, I thought he was in a bit more shape. He cut about 15 pounds prior to last year, and it really showed. Now, he's not a guy that's going to be super-duper athletic, but I think he's gotten better over time at that just because of the weight he has lost. And, I mean, he was 380 pounds 
coming into Florida. So that just shows you the weight he has shed since he has been in college. And you talk about a guy that is super nasty. He is exactly that. And then the next guy, which I'm sure a lot of Vikings Twitter is very familiar with, is Andre Dillard from Washington State. Got a chance to see him down at the Senior Bowl. And I think out of any of the top three, consensus top three guys, I think he has the most upside of all of them because he already has – he's already a natural pass protector. His footwork is amazing. Uh, now he does need to gain some strength. I think that's his biggest deficiency in run blocking. And it's just because he was in the offense that really wasn't exposed to a lot of the run game being at Washington State. I think their splits was about 65 to 35 pass game to run game. So that just shows you why he really struggled in the running game department just because he doesn't have any experience there. But I think running run blocking is something that you really can't teach as opposed to pass protection, which is something that really or it's something that coaches really do struggle to coach just because it's really hard to develop guys in that area because it's really all about athleticism and then adding strength. But with Dillard, he already is that natural pass protector that you can put on your quarterback's blind side. So I think he's going to be a really good pro. He has all the upside in the world. All right. Take us to day two. Who do you like on the, the second day of the draft at our offensive tackle? Uh, Cody Ford, and I actually have a late first on him. He's my 20th overall player on my big board. Now, I think he might be better as a guard, but I graded him as a tackle just because I would start him there. And if he does struggle there, I would transition him inside. Now, he does ex have experience at both. He played left guard uh, in 2016 and 2017, and then he took over for Orlando Brown Jr. at right tackle last year. And he, I mean, he won every single award in the country. So I think he can hold up at right tackle. But if he does struggle there, I would try to transition him inside, and I think he can be a dominant guard. Uh, after that, you have Dalton Reisner from Kansas State, a guy that has played basically every position up front outside of left tackle. And the thing you have to understand about Reisner is that his tape isn't going to be flashy. Matter of fact, it's really boring at times. But what you notice is that he just doesn't get beat. And everyone's saying he's not a great athlete, and which he's not. But I think if you want a guy, a high-character guy, very involved in the community, off the field, a guy you could easily see being a Walter Payton, a community service award type of winner, man of the year award type winner, uh, I think he definitely has that the nastiness and the edge that he plays with, it was very easy to see down at the senior bowl. He just has an infectious type of personality. So not only is he going to be a good addition on the field, but I think he's going to be a great addition to the locker room as well. And I think he's probably going to transition inside to guard just because I don't necessarily think he has the foot speed to hold up on the perimeter. And then after that, you're getting into your developmental guys like a Titus Howard from Alabama state. And <laughs> it's really funny watching Howard's film because they really shuffled quarterbacks weekly, and he would always protect the blind side of them. So one quarterback was left-handed, and the other was right-handed. So on his film, you really had to focus on his number because one week he would be on the right side, and then the other week he would be on the left side. So he was just going back and forth a whole bunch. But it was good experience for him because he got he showed that versatility that he does have on both sides. But I think they kind of did him a disservice a bit to flip flip-flopping him back and forth like that. But he's a guy that really has to understand how to use his hands, and he needs to gain strength. But you talk about a guy that could go in the early third round as a developmental type tackle, I think he definitely could be that. Okay. And uh, bring us home here. Day three, I mean, I know there's, there's, there's not a lot of starting tackles in the league that that, that I think of that, that came from this part of the draft, but, you know, there are a few. So who are the ones that you like uh, as late-round additions that maybe could develop into something given a little bit of time? 
Yeah, so this portion of the draft is really where you want to take a chance on your athletic upside type of tackles just to see. Maybe you can develop them into something, whether that's a depth piece or maybe you can strike gold and hit a starter. And Chuma Idoga from USC, uh, I actually have a fifth-round grade on him right now, and I thought he would test a little bit better just because he shows to be really athletic on film, but he just didn't test well, and I thought he would test better than what he did. But he he definitely is an athletic type of offensive tackle. He played right tackle uh, for the most part for USC. Uh, Dennis Daly from South Carolina is a guy that I really like. He's only started two years at South Carolina after being at Georgia Military Academy prior to that. So he went the JUCO route, and then he went back to his home state and played for South Carolina. But he showed some really good flashes, and I think he has some really good traits to develop. And then you're getting into Greg Little, a guy that the Vikings have shown some interest in. And I think he's going to go a bit higher than what a lot of people are predicting. And I know he had an awful combine, but he needs to he needs to gain some strength. And then another guy who I think is going to suffer a bit of a tumble just because of the injury history that he does have, and that's Yadnik Adjust from West Virginia. I think he could suffer a Tyrell Crosby-like fall to the fourth or the fifth round in this draft. But if he's able to stay healthy, I think he definitely could turn into a starter. Wow, those last two names just uh, it seems at the start of the process. Those guys were, were were coming in quite a bit earlier than that in uh, in most rankings. So it's a good reasoning that you're giving, but it is a bit surprising that those are the guys that you have kind of rounding out day three. Yeah, and I mean, it's just funny seeing the draft come full circle, and it's a long process. And with Greg Little, I mean, a former five-star prospect, everyone was touting him as a top-ten pick prior to the year, but it just didn't work out that way. And with with a just I think he definitely could be a top 50 pick if he was healthy. But you talk about a guy that has had back to back torn ACLs in 2015 and 2016. And now he just recently had hip surgery, too. So that laundry list of injuries are starting to pile up for him and he hasn't even been drafted yet. And the medicals are going to be different for every team. And there's going to be some team that probably wants to take a risk on him just because his tape is really good. He shows to be a really good athlete. But the injury history is something that's going to scare a lot of teams off. All right. Well, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, there it is, Vikings fans. You know, JR is a man of the people. We give the people what they want. Starting this thing right off with interior offensive line. Keep bringing it right in next there with, um, you know, the, uh, the the tackles. And then we can move into some other positions. Positions that, uh, you know, might be needs for the Vikings are definitely needs for other teams. But the offensive line is where we decided to start this thing since, you know, we, we are, you know, at heart, a Vikings podcast. So, we got that done for you, Vikings fans. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up on Twitter. And that is it. That is it for this one. We'll be back tomorrow with another one. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Talk to you soon.